Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you today from a hotel room that is probably nowhere near (laughs) where any of you are, although I could be wrong. And we haven't seen much in the line of camping because... (laughs) We're in Istanbul. Turkey. And we've only been here three days, so we're feeling a little dopey. Jet lag. Eight hours between here and home. So if it's it's 8 o'clock here, it's noon at home. And even though we've been here for three days and are doing our best to sleep at the right time and be up at the right time, your body just doesn't want so to cooperate for a few days. We have so. gone through jet, well, we have gone through time zones at home. And even if you fly from the East Coast to the West Coast, you don't really... That's nothing. That's nothing compared to this. This is real time zone shifting. And, you know, we kind of get upset when we go from the East Coast to the West Coast, primarily because the TV is off. Well, we don't like to watch it. We yes, watch. We like, we like the zone. news at six, not at seven, <laughs> and at ten, but and not us. eleven. But that's because but we've lived in the central time zone. Right here, we don't lives. get any news at all, so we don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, we have a little CNN here. Yeah, a little CNN, but uh, not many channels in English because Turkish is is the primary language, and we know nothing about Turkish. And if you can hear some background noise, our hotel room overlooks a very busy street, which you can say about a lot of the streets mm. in Istanbul because it's a city of 16 million people, and it's a throbbing, happening place. But I've got to say that uh, Turkey and Istanbul uh, have not much of a reputation in the United States, and uh, this is our third or so time here, and we have really enjoyed our stay so far, and we're looking forward to a great and grand trip. We're going to be doing some um, interior of Turkey because right now we're on the coast, of course. And uh, if you're looking for an interesting, low, uh, fairly inexpensive city to visit or Cheaper country, than Europe. Cheaper than Europe because they're not on the euro. Then you might want to consider Turkey. The only disadvantage is, is that it's a long way from home. And things like the food here are just exotic enough to be interesting, uh-huh. but not so exotic that you say to yourself, am I eating a dog? <laughs> no, you see lots of dogs on the street anyway. So, so, um, so we've enjoyed eating, and yes. people are friendly and helpful. Very. English is and not a very common language here, but people oh, but they've do been what doing they well. can do. Yeah, they've been doing very well, I pantomime think. Pantomime can take uh, you a ha- long way. I've been happy with our able ability to, to get around. <laughs> and it's a very clean city and um, modern in most ways. We have hopefully decent internet connection most of the time for instance um we've been able to take um a tram through the city so using the public transit can be a challenge when you don't speak the language but it's pretty well marked and we but that's the fun of traveling and we got it those things but we know that we owe you um, some RV, RV podcast, right. and so we want to also add as a transition that we have been doing a lot of reminiscing about the first time we came to Istanbul yeah, many, many years in 1978 ago. when we came here in Let's a see, two-man tent that was so small that when we were camping inside, we had to have our luggage outside. 35 years ago, we took a bus. And many of the guides that we've met here are much younger than that. So when <laughs> we tell them that, they kind of roll their eyes. And I have really no idea, no idea where we camped per se, but no, it was outside but we, the city. We someplace. visited this city. 
but uh, we did we do have fond memories of that trip. Uh, eight weeks in a tent, Ooh, on a bus, and we do notice an occasional uh, trailer being pulled by some sort of a car here. So maybe after a few weeks out in the countryside, we will have some more true. Truly current Turkish RV news. So this was a camping trip um, that we would hardly even do in the United States, let alone in Europe, because it was, as we mentioned, eight weeks, and we went through. We did London, countries. Paris, um, all of the Italian boots came over to Greece, yeah. uh, Istanbul, did Bulgaria, Vienna, Munich, mm-hmm. Bulgar- Switzerland. Swiss, yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, we went to Sofia that time. Yeah. So we really saw a lot. It was like a giant <laughs> birthday present to me. Many of the places we went, I didn't know much about before we got there. And every day you'd get up and you'd be in a new and place, was, seeing this, new things. This was real camping because, as she said, we were in a, just a pup tent, and we had to leave the suitcases out. I mean, that's that was. I can't believe we really did that. That's so, dear listener. We have done real camping. And I remember trying to do the laundry in sinks that didn't even have warm water, and we'd hang our jeans yeah, up around our tents. Of course, and because wonder, we were in a bus with a lot of people, we had no transportation other than the bus. The bus, and so we didn't have any way of getting but, laundry. But we never got anything stolen the whole time no, we were here. No, and, and the campgrounds though were very different because yeah. they didn't have hookups and things like we were used to. We because we must have gone for almost the whole time without electricity. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, we did. Wow. Well, those were medieval times, let's face it. Computer. And the other thing I remember is I was afraid I would be an alcoholic by the time we got oh. home from that trip because the campgrounds were not yes. the bucolic being out in nature kind of experience. That was a big difference, yes. Because you've just heard me name a number of big cities, and we were camped right next to them. And you would put your tent up and go to town to see the sights and come back and find out that 14 families had put their tent all around you, kind of sharing you your know, tent real stakes. sights. And there were jukeboxes and dance halls. And it was very noisy at night, so I would turn to drink to try to fall asleep. So it was a very interesting experience. I'm not sure you can even do that anymore, at least in a group way. I mean, this we actually, this is unbelievable. You'll find this very hard to believe. We actually got college credit for this. And we went with people who were 18 and people who were 88. Were we brave in 1978? Or foolish. Yes. Well, that cost us to buy our blue tent. And we were then campers in the United States in luxury because we could put everything inside the tent. (laughs) (laughs) So enough with the reminiscing? Probably. I don't know. I doubt that many people are interested in that. But we'll put up a couple pictures of it um, just so that you can have a look and see what it looks like. No, we have no pictures. What happened? I haven't seen any pictures. Of what? Of of that trip? Of that camping trip. You haven't scanned them. I haven't found them. So there will be no pictures. (laughs) So on to some email. We do want to get back to uh, contemporary RVing rather than hearing your RV navigators reminisce. Um, We got a nice email from Mark, and he uh, (laughs) is responding to our (laughs) gadgets uh, comments from last time. And his suggestion is (laughs) that you bring along a hemostat. 
and we don't even know what that is. If we were at home, we would Google it, but right wonder, now we're not online. I wonder so. if this is, I, I he think he's, I think he's pretty serious. Blood. He must be a medical person. He, he uses it to fix things and to pull slivers. So we'll probably so get I'm, a few nasty emails about that. Sorry, we're so dumb. But he also mentions that um, he agrees with us that uh, getting having a, an app that uh, does weather radio would be handy. And he said... They were driving from Chicago to Nashville through the central Indiana hearing the radio. There was going to be a tornado touchdown in so-and-so county, which, of course, is always the way it is. And, you know, do, where is that in relation to you? The rain and hail were getting so bad, we decided to take the next exit. As we eased down the ramp, ramp we saw a motel and a gas station that had just been leveled by a tornado just a few minutes earlier. Oh, well, what a close we were call. Close, yes, indeed. But good news. I've had several responses to my request for a weather radio app. And exactly as I expected, there have been several. So my prayers have been answered. And I am downloaded one uh, that was recommended by a listener. And it's called Weather Alert USA. There are, seem to be several, so if you have a choice um, and you've used one, let us know. We haven't actually had a chance to put this to the test, but it does have forecasts and alerts, and it does have a weather radio, and it will give you marine forecasts and national ra- radio for- national forecasts. So does it do weather alerts in Istanbul? In Istanbul. I don't think so, but the weather here has been pretty good. Perfect. Perfect. We have appreciated the upper sunny 60s, skies sunny and cool skies, temps. and cool temps that uh, have been here in Istanbul. So if you have uh, another idea for a weather app, please let us know. Otherwise, of course, the big news is that we're going to be getting new phones. As soon as we get home from this trip. Last time we kind of mentioned, uh, as an aside, that we were not sure exactly what the new iPhone 5 was going to look like. And nobody knows because the iPhone 5 wasn't introduced. It's now the iPhone 4S. So we're going to trade in our 3s and get the 4s. Because we want our phones to be smarter, and these phones are really smart because it's got a new assistant called Cherie. Just what you need is another woman telling you what to do. No. Cherie will will have a conversation with me. So I can say, Cherie, how do you like the weather today? Well, you can have that conversation with me. I know, but you get kind of nasty about that sometimes. Oh. Because you don't really care about the weather. Cherie is never nasty. But this is obviously the next generation of iPhones, and it's going to bring along uh, fabulous new features, which we always appreciate. In this month's um, Motorhome magazine... November of 2011. There's an article called, Am I Smart Enough for a Smartphone? And to me, this is kind of a backwards question, because one of the things that smartphones, by definition, have is that they are simple to use. Well, this guy didn't exactly say that. I didn't say that he did. (laughs) That's not what the article is about. I'm just saying, am I smart enough for a smartphone? I think everybody's smart enough for a smartphone because these phones have almost no buttons and they are very intuitive to use. What's clear to me as I enter my dotage Uh is that you need to keep up with technology in small increments. So I would say if you're a techno nincompoop like I am, (laughs) that you rush right out and get a smartphone because there's only going to be more and more to them. And if you're used to using a cell phone that all you do is make phone calls on, it's going to be a big leap for you because the modern smartphones can do so many more things. 
things. And while that is empowering and for techies uh, quite simple to pick up, for the rest of us it may not be the case, but if you keep up with the changes as they come down the pike, it's not such a big leap for you. That's my impression. Well, yes, but also the smartphones are smarter and they do more for you which is a big plus to me and and so you have one device which does lots of things that you wanted to have done but you didn't know you needed to have them done (laughs) and it's got it all in one little package yes uh, which i really appreciate when i'm traveling yes Uh, and we bring them along now we think about all the technology that we had to bring before and it was uh, amazing how much and it's been slimmed down to um, just your smartphone I, mean, I think about 1978 when we were here, and I would write a postcard, <laughs> and I would have to look up the address and for the person go, I was oh. sending it to in my address and book. And figure out what the airmail postage was. Uh, it was just it so cumbersome. Week. Now you can just whip out an email anytime you're near the Internet. No problem. But we use our smartphones for all sorts of things that you wouldn't really expect, uh, whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's scanning the UPS code to see what the prices are around you. Um, you know, it's just got fabulous features. Right now, we, right today, we were on a tour, and the guide was talking about some things that I wanted to remember. I whipped out the Notepad app on my cell phone and took some notes while he was talking. Um, with the newer ones, you can leave your camera at home and take pretty decent pictures with the camera that's on your smartphone. So they recommend some apps that you might want to get if you're a camper, so we'll take a a look at some of these. Motorhome Magazine uh, comes, and this is something I really do do. I have probably 15 magazine subscriptions, and now instead of bringing the printed magazine, I actually just bring the digital version. And when we are traveling and I have Internet connection, I can download the latest edition of the newsletter. But those are on your iPad, not on your iPhone. But they could be on my iPhone, too. No, But they'd be hard to read on a phone. Well, it comes on my iPhone. Yeah. I can have it on my iPhone. But Motorhome Magazine has their own app. So the apps are giving your smartphone features that it didn't come with out of the box. All Trails Hiking. With this free app, users can browse through through some of 40,000 trail guides detailing activities like hiking, biking, and even popular fishing spots. You can even view topography maps and routes and read and write reviews of your favorite excursions. So that sounds like a cool app, which I don't have. Dish Finder, which I've mentioned before, because you can f- spot the, the space between the trees so that you can have your satellite dish uh, picking up TV. Gas Buddy is always a good one gas to have, buddies, whether you're yep. buying gas or diesel, to find the cheapest in the area. Another one is called 101 Camping Outdoor and Outdoor Recipes. What, if you're more cooking. What I need. Coppertone My UV Alert. By entering your zip code, you can learn your current UV index for your region as well as forecast UV indices, weather conditions, and advisories. There's of course, a, they have a popular FaceTime. There's a birdwatch calendar for people who are into that, so you can keep track of where the best times are to see what kinds of birds and what months of the year you're likely to see them. Very specialized interests can be addressed by apps on phones. Yes, indeed. And, then, and of course, we don't want to forget that many of the smartphones are Android these days, so that there are comparable um, f- apps for Androids also, and they work very similar. So you might want to consider a, an iPhone, especially... Right now, you can get yourself an iPhone for free, which RVers always like. From Verizon, I believe, all you need is a two-year contract. So that's uh, the way to get one. Up until now, they've been pretty expensive, but now 
with a special deal from Apple. And now, of course, you can get an iPhone from three different providers as, as of this month. You now can get it from Sprint, from Verizon, and AT, the original company, AT&T. So you decide where you want to get it. And they're world phones, so it's the same phone that works for all the companies. And so you will have exactly the same phone as everybody else has. Forgive me if we've talked about this before, but as we have finished our cell phone contract and are about to go into a new one, we have been wrestling with which carrier to join up with. And we have been quite frustrated by Sprint and by AT&T in coverage when we've traveled around the country. It was quite disconcerting when we were on Sprint and we went through Montana and South Dakota, which are two (laughs) fairly large states and had absolutely no phone service. So those of you who are out there on the road and perhaps even better traveled than we are, I'm wondering what provider you have and whether you are satisfied with the coverage for yourself. Because when we're at home and metro chicago it's a piece of cake but as soon as you go out in the country it's it's a bad feeling to think that you can't get a cell phone call through at all so if you have some suggestions for us or, or opinions about what works best for you let us know and in that light you need to understand and i think we maybe we've touched on this before also but it's worth reiterating remember with all of them if you buy a smartphone you need data service as well as phone service and so even though the iphone is free if you just have a phone phone now it will probably be more expensive for monthly fee because you have to pay a second charge for the data and that's where 3g comes in Um, 3g is for your cellular data because these apps all require data and and in our case we use much more data than we use phone service so we want a small phone package and a large data package but you can um, make your own decisions about how you want to do that because uh, they have their two, actually two separate plans. But if you do get an iPhone or any smartphone, you're going to have to have a data plan to go with your cell phone plan because they're entirely separate. And then you have to worry about getting 3G coverage or what's coming up, the 4G coverage, although the new iPhone doesn't do 4G. Well, here in Turkey, though, we've been very surprised that <laughs> Apple is really a brand name which is worldwide. We were in a candy store, and, and the guy who ran the candy store we were kind was of worried on, about the guy. Was on hold because he was trying to buy. Well, a he kept new calling, he kept iPad. dialing his phone, and we and the guy that we were with said, "Have you had an emergency or some problem?" And he says, "No, I'm trying to order an iPad." And then <laughs> you know, and, and then the other guy we had talked to yeah. us for a long time about iPhones and, and how he loves them and how he wants one. Yeah, and, and, and the the prices of them. Uh, so, and how Steve Jobs was a saint. <laughs> Yeah, well, we won't talk about we won't talk about Steve Jobs, but it was uh, it is interesting to see that uh, this has really impacted the entire world, and these people are anxious to get as many people in the United States are. You know, the latest iPhone 4G or 4S, and they are uh, just um, very in tune with what's going on with Apple, and that. Apple's a, a company which they revere. As we record this on our MacBook Air, which Ken just got because Fence keeping it up with his wife so that he would have this similar technology for traveling that she has. So tell us if this sounds good because it's the first recording we've made with the big air. Some more news in the RV industry. We have found a website that is actually listing the 
our the towing laws for RVs. I don't know when I when we towed our fifth wheel, there were always questions about towing. What kind of brakes do you need? Um, and in our case, uh, if you have a towed, do you need brakes for your towed? Uh, some states you do. And what's the weight of the car that you need to have um, the brakes for? Length limits. Length limits. Um, I was a little surprised at that. Width limits. Um, so all of those things are listed in this website, which of course will be available on the RV Navigator website. Someday, when the next time we have a moment. It will be there soon. We also read a rather sad article yeah. about the, 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 the headline is Cafe Clouds RV Industry Future. And while I'm all for clean air and the new cafe standards. What's, what's cafe? It's how many MPGs you get. Yeah, when the, you drive the, your vehicle, the, the auto companies have committed to 28 miles a gallon and by as they 2000. Keep upping the limits, it becomes 16. more and more of a challenge for RV manufacturers to comply with those. Well, limits. not really the RV manufacturers, but you may not be able be able to buy something that you can tow a trailer with, uh-huh. <laughs> which could be something of a problem. Because the, trailers are the most popular RV that right, are being and even sold. with a fifth wheel, it's the new cafe law is going to extend to uh, light duty pickup trucks which incorporates most things that RVers use and if they have to get 28 miles to the gallon that's going or you have to pay a big tax uh, the way it is now if you're out of compliance you, yeah if you buy it now uh, if you buy something that's out of compliance now so what's going to happen with the RV industry this could uh, put us on could kind of cripple us i was kind of surprised that of course it probably will not encompass the uh, motorhomes, but I didn't realize that motorhomes only comprise about 10% of the sales of RVs. So that could be an interesting change. It makes sense because trailers are more affordable and people who don't full-time or spend a lot of time in an RV don't want to spend that much money on a motorhome. We found another article that (laughs) once again has some, some... Road-tested tips from an RV rookie. And this is a problem because I don't agree with many of these, and it's uh, from an RV rookie. So I'm not sure how these uh, f- these tips really are, are of value. But let's uh, see what they are and hear from you about whether you agree with them, and we will tell you uh, our point of view all as we always do the straight scoop from the rv navigators number tip number one use an rv specific route planner on a gps oh well yes we definitely we definitely think that's a good idea Yeah, that's helpful yes and uh we uh, definitely appreciate the the new ram mcnally seven inch 7710 and uh, the earlier one that we had was was the 5510 which is the five inch so that that's good for your car and they are very specific to rvs you can put in exactly the kind of rv you have towable or whether it is a motorhome how high it is uh the kind of roads you want to drive on and it has the bridge heights in it so that you don't get stuck under a bridge we've had a couple of videos of that tunnels that won't allow propane tanks through yes uh, and it'll even let you go on the natchez trace number two we try to bring or rent bicycles to visit nearby areas while camping it beats packing up the rv to move it to a trailhead for hiking only to find that there's no room to park your large vehicle well we bring a tow car well and we bring bikes too yes so we it, agree. I would say they're of limited usefulness, yeah, depending the, on where you are. Yeah, you're really not going to go very far on a bike. You're not going to go to the grocery store. So tip number two, iffy. Tip number three, if you're exhausted and not near a campground, Walmart stores sometimes allow campers to use their parking lots. Just check to make sure it's not that it's not 
a no overnight parking sign and choose a spot near one of the lot's outer edges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> We've done it, well, and we're grateful I, I, to Walmart I suppose for as a rookie, you wouldn't RVs. know that. I don't know. Yes. No, you wouldn't think of that. Really? Oh, no. Park in a parking That's lot? private property. Yeah, it's but... It's not a campground. Well... You don't need a campground. And all those directories that we've uh, yeah. fallen into that tell you all sorts of free then places to camp. Then you get the camp. one that has it. You like, wouldn't know that. Really? I don't think okay. so. Road tested trip number four. If you're staying parked in one spot for a while, run the RV engine for a few minutes each day to recharge the battery. Oh, really? That's a really dumb idea. Every day? <laughs> well, either... Your system is going to kill the battery. Well, let's see. Let's say RVs have two sets of batteries, the chassis battery and, and the, the house, house battery. battery. And so they're independent, and one will not deplete the other. So that the only thing you would use off the chassis battery while you're parked is maybe the radio. But that's unlikely. You're going to run down the battery. Are there any issues like when we go... And of course, when you plug it in, you don't have to worry about it because it's already being charged. When we go and sit still for a month, which we hardly ever do... <laughs> Never worry about the batteries. Do things like belts need to Well, he isn't around? talking about that, no. Yeah. Or lubrication need to switch no. around? Or no. Just leave the car so, off till you're ready to tip number four is bogus. Okay. We'll have to come up with a better tip than that. We, ha- we have some better tips. Be sure to get a tutorial on how to empty the holding tanks. One time we forgot to add chemicals, so the black water tank, after emptying, was really nasty. Well, if you do forget, it will remind you. Well, and I don't know. That's a tip, but I don't know. <laughs> How do you? Well, and you hear other things about people who don't attach the hoses right and end up with I would say, black water go well, yes, in the wrong places. Yes, yes, but I... Yes, you need to know how you to do that. You need a tutorial for all the systems on right. the, on the I RV. I would say don't forget to put down your TV antenna. How many times have we seen people driving around? how your jacks work and how to level yourself. And yeah, you need to leveling yourself. And, yeah, what other tips do we need to be, give people? Well, maybe our listeners will be able to send us along tip number six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Things you we need help. Things you wouldn't have thought of. If our you our jet-lagged brains are not able to come up with new tips but we know that our listeners will be able to help us out. So next time we will have additional tips that have been sent in via email to rvnavigator.com. From the Yuma Sun, RV parks are expecting good winter season this year. The bottom line here is is that uh, this article talks about uh, comments from 20 park managers and and a little survey they did out in Yuma. Well, they're surprised. almost completely booked up already for the winter, which <sighs> is great. Very hard to believe. There are over 26,000 Every day we're houses. seeing a steady increase in visitors coming in. We expect a large flood in late October. I assume they mean, they mean no visitors. <laughs> We yes. usually see the first wave in October as the weather here cools off and the weather back home gets cold. So that's good to hear that. Uh, that they're doing least, well. At least Yuma will give you a full report when we get to uh, Texas this year, and we will will uh, be able to tell you how full those campgrounds are. Uh, oh, this is fabulous. We saw this wonderful video, which I'll put a link to from YouTube, the classic video of the RV world in 1937. Beautiful black and white film with the typical oh, fruit these, loopy music accompaniment. And, and, the, and the narration. But it's, and the RVers park in, what was it, Park City, Florida. Yeah, in Florida. And they spend $1 a week for parking in this lovely campground. And 25 cents, 25 for, cents, electricity. For, 25 cents for electricity. And... 
when the weather turns bad, they just hook up their homes on wheels and travel and off to some other place. Anyway, it it's worth watching. Cute. It's it's a couple, three minutes long. I don't know who they did it for, but... Uh, oh, it was it, done by a car company. Oh, really? Yeah. Car company. So that's uh, <laughs> worth taking a look at. This next one, I don't know. I think it's serious, but I don't know. It's titled, European Company Sprays on S- Solar Panels. It's what do about, they spray it onto? The side of the rig? They take sheets of steel and they spray, that says, no joke, they spray on the electrolytic coating or something so that it, when it hits the sun hits it, it produces electricity. And how does the electricity get into my battery? Through a wire. <laughs> Which is attached to my whole... I don't know what it's attached to. I'm just reading the article. Well, that's a nice idea if it works. No joke. Not only that, but it's efficient. And the ability to work even in diffused light, perfect for states and countries with higher latitudes and those with, uh, without much bright sunlight. Forward looker, lookers are visualizing the automotive industry where photosensitive dyes could be applied to generate electricity or split water into... This is, that's got to be a joke. Never mind. We won't even talk about that one. So, dear listeners, we try to bring you the latest, but sometimes the latest is not always... You think it's real? I don't know. Well, I'll put the link up there. You tell us whether you think it's real. I think it's a nice idea if it works. It's a nice idea if it works. Of course, spray on solar panels. Well, that's a great idea. Okay, now we have another RV that we're going to take a look at here. And this is one you have to see to believe because it's otherwise unbelievable. It doesn't look like any other RV you've ever seen. It's strangely aerodynamic. It looks to me like it belongs in a movie like Matrix or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, as for the rest of our, the RV, it has a rather futuristic design. As she it has 500 it. square feet of usable living area. Which is hard to believe. A, 40 a master inch, bedroom yeah. with a 40-inch flat-screen TV, an attached spa bathroom, a living space with a couch, and a table that turns into a bar, and a lounge at the push of a button, and an integrated vehicle wash Ooh, yeah. system because you don't want to worry about having to have your strange new ride ever look dirty. I read these were manufactured in Austria. I don't doubt it. It looks very futuristic, but it may be another spray-on solar panel. <laughs> I don't know. Is okay. this our April Fool's podcast? It might be. Who knows? <laughs> we are certainly coming up with some strange stories. And, well, I have to find stuff on the road. And it ain't easy, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't easy, ladies and gentlemen. So that about does it for this episode. We will be uh, reporting to you again um, on exciting travel adventures. Uh, Most of them RV-related when we hit the road again in January. We aren't going to be home until the beginning of December, so our minds will not be on RVs, but we will be thinking about you. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, dear listener, please send us an email. You and know the address. And focus our minds. And focus our minds, and we will be in touch with you next month. But it's been great having you as a listener right now. So I'm wishing you bon voyage from Istanbul, Turkey, and we will not be seeing you at a campground near us anytime soon. But how do you say it in Turkish? It's too complicated. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll just see you next time. Bye.